0: The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hey, AI Today listeners. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. From books and materials ranging from fundamentals of AI to deep dives on implementing AI projects, to AI ethics, tools, software, checklists, and more, our resources page will help you on your AI journey whether you're just starting out or you're well on your way. Check it out at ai-today.live list. That's ai-today.live
1: L-I-S-T.
0: Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh,
1: And I'm your host, Ronald Smelser. And, you know, again, you know, we really enjoyed uh, producing a lot of our podcasts, not just our glossary series, which is large. <laughs> we have a ton of podcasts. Not only the ones that we've already recorded, but even more. So you should definitely subscribe, especially if you're enjoying it, getting this detail. But um, you know, some of our other interviews that we've been having with folks who are putting AI into practice and some of the challenges they're facing, of course, the failure series, which continues to be popular, our use case series, our interviews with CPMAI practitioners, all very useful. And, you know, we're going to continue to define things in our glossary, even things that you may already know that you may think you know. One, because you may have to explain this to other people who may not know. You're like, well, how can you not know this? Everybody knows what that is. Well, you, know, you should be surprised that whenever we think everybody should know something, we're always surprised when they don't know something. We'll talk to someone and be like, oh yeah, yeah, and he's using Python. And they go, what's Python? We're like, are you kidding me? Have you been like living under a rock? But I shouldn't be that insulting because, you know, there's many reasons why people may not have ever had to have heard these terms. So, sometimes we do our glossary entries more to like let's just establish a common language by which we can have this dialogue whether it's between management and technologists, technologists within technologists, technologists to management, project management to vendors, whatever. It's good to have a common understanding at that level that doesn't require a technical deep understanding. So that's why in many of our podcast episodes, we even go over some fairly basic and perhaps obvious uh, things that maybe you think everybody already knows.
0: Exactly. And we've put together a comprehensive AI glossary that goes over key terms related to AI, machine learning, and big data at a high level. And, you know, we wanted it to be really thorough and not skip anything because maybe we made an assumption that people knew it. We wanted this glossary to be very thorough. So please do go reference it. We linked to it in the show notes. You can also find it at cognalytica.com. And since we put it together, we said, let's have our a- AI Glossary Series podcast. We can present it to our AI Today listeners. Maybe some of you have not been familiar with some of the terms that we've presented in previous podcasts. And so now at, at least you'll have a high level understanding of these terms if they come up in conversation and you need to have a, you know that understanding of it. So on today's podcast, we're going to be going over machine learning development. We're going to be going over the terms Python, R, Julia and Scala, so that at least now you can say you've heard of it and you'll understand it at a high level. So Python, it's one of the commonly used open source programming languages for big data and AI projects. It was popularized by Google, and Python is considered a beginner-friendly language. It's very flexible through the use of libraries, and it's efficient for processing large data sets. So maybe you've heard people saying that they're programming in Python, and now you have at least some understanding of what it is. Python is popular because of its ease in working with large data sets. And so that makes sense right we say that data is the heart of ai you need to have uh you need to, you need to be working with large data sets here and also simplicity in performing analytics applications it was first released in 1991 and it was created by guido van rossum uh, python is an interpreted high level programming language for general purpose programming and it has a de- design philosophy that emphasizes productivity over code readability, notably using significant white space. So, you know, basically Python features a dynamic type system and automatic memory management. It supports multiple programming paradigms, including object-oriented, imperative, functional, and procedural, and has a large and comprehensive standard library. So basically, you know, there's a wide range of uses, including web and app development, as well as data scientists, as well as data science. So Python is generally the second best language for anything. And there's, you know, a bunch of different things. Maybe some some related terms that you may have heard that come up with Python. So uh, NumPy, SciPy, that's scientific computing. Pandas is data manipulation. Matplotlib is graphics and scikit-learn for machine learning.
1: Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's if you hear your kids even are doing Python programming, uh, this is the reason. It's sort of like they're usually one of the first languages that they'll learn uh, because it doesn't need to be compiled. You know, it doesn't have a lot of the sophistication and you know strict data typing and all that sort of stuff. So, it, it it's good for that sort of stuff. Now, of course, experienced programming language uh, <laughs> programmers don't necessarily love Python because uh, many of the other things. I'm not a big fan of the strict enforcement on white space and all that sort of stuff. And and, and Kathleen mentioned, actually, it does favor uh, readability, sort of like encourages English language readability. But, you know, hey, if sometimes you're a programmer, that's not the first thing you're going for. But hey, it's popular, very popular. As a matter of fact, Python now, I think, is the second most popular language on GitHub, which has all the source code. So second only to JavaScript. So it's very, very popular, very big, and it ain't going away anytime soon. But that's not the only language uh, that people use, especially in analytics and in big data. And you maybe have heard of the language R. So it is one of the most commonly used open source programming languages for big data, AI, statistics, and analytics. And it's predominantly used for statistical computing and visualization applications. So it was created as an open source language in 1995 as an implementation of the S programming language. So, you know... You can kind of see how these names come about. Um, and by the way, the name Python, as a little trivia, comes from Monty Python. <laughs> that's just, uh, that's where it came from. Um, R comes from S. So, you know, at first, you know, R is really, was primarily used in academics and in research. But actually, because data scientists and AI and machine learning folks, they come out of research. So no surprise, you see a lot of R stuff. Uh, and AI and statistical languages, so it's really focused on delivering a better and more user-friendly way to do data analysis, statistics, and graphical models. There's a just like Python. There's a big library of packages called CRAN, um, and it's a collection of functions and data that people have already developed that you can use and get immediate access to. And it's it's really developed with statisticians in mind, and it's got a strong data visualization. So that's kind of its core. Uh, capability. It's got a steeper learning curve than Python. I would be very, very surprised if your kids came home from school knowing R. Uh, you'll probably get first experience in R probably in college or in more specific areas or if you're in a statistical field. And it's really almost exclusively used in statistics, analytics, and data science environment. But now you know what Python is. Now you know what R is. And we've got a couple more little uh, languages that you should at least know what they are if they're referenced.
0: Exactly. So another language you may hear is Julia language that was designed to address the needs of high performance numerical analysis and computational science without the typical need of separate compilation to be fast. So Julia, the language, it excels at numerical computing with math centric syntax and many numeric data types are supported and parallelism is available out of the box. So Julia was designed from the beginning for high performance. So if you think about it, okay, then that makes sense. Um, and then, you know, Julia and data science, how is that related? Well, Julia data data ecosystem lets you load multi-dimensional data sets quickly, perform aggregations, joins, and pre-processing operations in parallel, and save them to disk in efficient formats. So Julia also works with a wide range of data sources, uh, and it's integrating with Hadoop ecosystem, and we have a podcast on that, so you should check that out. Um, And then, you know, as an example, so how it's used in the real world, in 2015, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York used Julia to make models of the U.S. economy, noting that the language made the model estimation about 10 times faster than MATLAB.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty amazing made a model of the whole economy. It's pretty uh, ridiculous, but hey, you know, that's probably where you would want to be if you're an economist and a data scientist. That sounds like a dream come true. Model the US economy. Okay. Uh, Maybe Python is probably not the best tool. So hey, Julia, that's what they used. So (laughs) one more little tool for you, a little programming language development thing for you is Scala or Scala. And it's a general purpose programming language providing support for what's called functional programming and a strong static type system. So the idea here is that people like Java, Uh, because it's got these strong data typing. It's got, it can do any sort of programming, but there are some problems with Java. And so, especially if we were trying to make these like high data processing systems, people liked what's called the Java virtual machine. So if you build a Java program, it can run in any environment, on any computer that has a Java virtual machine. So people like that. Um, And so Scala actually does run on the Java platform and is completely compatible with existing Java programs, but it's really um, meant for these high intense operations. Now, the reason why, so you might think, well, who, what, why? If I've got Python, I got R, I got Java, why do I really need Scala? Like, right? what do I really need this? Well, it's because, in part, it's popular in data science. It's tied to a platform called Apache Spark. Now, you might have heard of Spark. Um, Spark was written using the Scala programming language as an extension of Hadoop, which is this big data. Uh, infrastructure environment. And it could do this batch processing for machine learning models, okay? Remember we talked about that, as well as real-time processing, running models right when you need them in a very efficient way. So that's why Scala has some popularity because people are like, I need this model, it needs to operate right away, on big data, boom, 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 Spark is running Scala, therefore I will use Scala. And you're like, why aren't you using Python? Why aren't you using R? Now, now you know. Um, so Scala users can really get the most out of the Spark framework, using Scala, and it excels at what's called production jobs, which is running these machine learning models in production, operationalization. It does not have great tools uh, for ad hoc work, so that's why it's not a general-purpose programming language. People don't use it to build websites or you know stuff from school. and um, It really comes out of this research environment. As a matter of fact, the design of Scala, which stands for Scalable... And language, you combine this together. So I guess it's Scala. It, it, sometimes people pronounce it Scala. You heard me saying it both ways, honestly. It started in 2001 at one at a big um university in Switzerland, the Ecole. I'm not going to pronounce it pro- properly. So it's EPFL and it was re- released in 2004. So all of these languages, they have their place. Uh, Whether you're trying to build something easily and quickly and, and fast, whether you want to do something that has a Uh, statistical focus, whether you want to build something for speed and for large data complexity, or whether you want to build something that will work in this real-time environment. We have trade-offs. And you know what? Some people know all of these languages, multiple languages or single ones, but now you know at least what they are and what they mean.
0: Exactly. And that's the point of this AI Glossary series, to present these terms, and so you can understand them at a high level. Uh, Of course, understanding at a high level and knowing how to put them into practice are two different things. So if you're interested in learning more about best practices, methodologies, how to do AI right, we're big advocates of CPMAI methodology, the Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology. And for our AI Today listeners, we've put together a free intro to CPMAI course go to ai today.live/cpmai to sign up and take the free course. And if you'd like to get your certification, then go to cognolitica.com/cpmai where you can register for our training and upon completion you will become cpmai certified. I know that many of our podcast listeners have already done so, so thank you so much for joining our growing community of cpmai certified individuals. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, Check out more AI Today podcasts at AIToday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools, handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica, All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.